Welcome to our Spiritual Spotlight series, where we explore the vast and mysterious world of spirituality. Whether you're seeking guidance on your spiritual journey, interested in learning more about different spiritual practices and beliefs, or simply looking for inspiration to deepen your connection with the divine, then this is a show just for you. Join us as we delve into topics such as mindfulness, meditation, manifestation, energy healing, and much more. Our aim is to provide a safe and inclusive space for all listeners to explore their spirituality and connect with like-minded individuals. So grab a cup of tea, get comfortable, and let's journey together on the path of spiritual awakening. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the recording of A Tale of Two Sisters. I am joined by my sister. Hello, Jessica. Hello. So for today's episode, we kind of wanted to talk about women's rights. Um, as we know that there's a lot going on in the media today with women's rights, abortion rights, and Jessica kind of had the idea of taking it back to biblical days and kind of how women have always been the lesser sex and how sometimes when we've been empowered to speak our truth, speak our voices, it kind of seems like we're being smashed down. So I'm going to turn this over to Jessica because this is a topic that is near and dear to her heart. So Jessica, please take it away. Woo. Uh, yes. Thank you very much. Uh, this is something I am really passionate about. And again, just because I like to talk about lots of taboo subjects that, you know, turn people off, like being an atheist, um, women, right. Women's rights and being a feminist is something that also makes people kind of, you know, roll their eyes at you. Mm. But for me having, you know, two young daughters Mm -hmm. and, you know, the different career choices I've made in my life really has made it a poignant thing to be aware of the way that women are viewed in society. And I am specifically talking about, you know, the United States culture and the way that. um, Yes, we're going to specify this is only for the United States and our experiences within the United States. And our personal, absolutely. And again, everything that I say is always on the way I've experienced things in a personal way Mm -hmm. and also observing the experiences of others that are around me or in my, in my, my life circle, I will say. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But for me, I definitely uh, feel that the United States, even though that, you know, we're in, you know, 2023, I do feel like this is a very patriarchal society. And down to the way that uh, women are treated if they act in a passionate manner, they're called crazy or bitchy, or they use all of these kind of hyperbolic yeah. kind of terms that make you feel like there's something wrong with the fact that you have a dominance in a subject or again, like feel confident on something and you, you speak in a passionate tone. I mean, like mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton. Um, but, uh, this specific topic is something that I am passionate about, uh, with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Um, I am, uh, pro-choice and I think that is not saying that anyone may or may not personally feel comfortable having an abortion. Mm-hmm. Even that word I know makes people uncomfortable, True. but Again, I think it's just about someone deciding what's best for their lives for themselves and not someone else deciding. And And what's also best for their body. Yes. Yeah. Because you can, you know, that's another big thing. Like, you know, what if you, like if I had, I've had friends who've had abortion and I've also had friends who've had miscarriages and Mm -hmm. the medications and the procedures that they went through are the same. same. Mm -hmm. Right. And people may be misunderstanding that these medications may help them or medication you know, or whatever the procedure. And again, I just, it's such a personal, heavy, emotional thing to go through. And I, I think it's very sad that a room full of men would decide to make a decision on what goes on for a woman. Uh, And again, that for me, comes back to my uh, feelings of the Bible and the way you hear about 
the people that were next to Jesus and his confidants and the people that were important to him. And there's only one woman that at least is really mentioned a little bit there is Mary Magdalene. And we all know how she ended up being a, a little bit of tainted subject. So for me, that kind of just re re-solidifies the idea that women aren't seen as equal in our mm-hmm. society back down to our religion. Yeah, I think you bring up an interesting point. And the one thing I do want to touch upon is, you know, how women who may be assertive or powerful in their careers, if they become passionate about something, they're labeled crazy or, you know, uh, bitchy or whatnot. And it's like, no, like I have a voice and I, I'm, a, I'm okay to be, it's okay to be assertive and to really like, you know, we, and then we're taught, you know, I, I work in a, an office, everyone knows this. And it's like, you got to be taught how to take up space in the room and not apologize and not be afraid to, you know, speak your truth, but don't show your emotions because you don't want to be labeled crazy and don't really truly see, talk about how you feel or, you know, and it's, it's so sad because we have these expectations that are leveled on us, no matter what we're doing, if we're a homemaker, if we're in the, you know, have a career or, you know, like you said, maybe it's even your religious backgrounds. No, the the man leads and you should speak when spoken to, you know, that that makes sense being a priest too. Um, I like to bring up the two sisters that I know the two nuns and, um, the one, uh, sister Mary Judith, she would be the most amazing priest. I've never Aww. met anyone who just cares about people and she remembers everything about you. I mean, she's met my sister a couple of times that I, I can her. guarantee that she would remember everything that was going on in her life. And mm-hmm. she just comes to you and makes you feel so welcome and insecure and loved and everything that you want to feel from religion, but she's not allowed to because she's a female you know, like all these things in our lives tell us that we're lesser than because we are women. And going back to like the the labeling of, you know, okay, I want to be a homemaker mm-hmm. or I want to be a career. And that even that phrasing to say that, okay, isn't homemaker the amount of work that goes into making the food, taking care of the children, cleaning the house, all that mm-hmm. stuff is more than a full-time job. And, you know, we all see that as doing something that may be fun or it was a choice or it just seems to belittle how much effort goes into yeah. it. And then to make it even more complicated, you know, with the way that wages are and the way that American society and how we pay people, the man and the woman or both roles could be, you know, same sex, both roles have to work. Right. But then when it gets to the, the, the home responsibilities, the majority of that still feel falls on the woman it does. for some reason, just because in our society, we've, we, we, we feel that these are women's work, you know, right. why, I, mean, I don't know why that's a thing. I mean, how many posts have you said or maybe you've seen online about, oh, my my wonderful husband is taking care of the children. He's babysitting my children. No, he's taking care of he's, his children. Right. These are his children, you know? And then it's like, I do still feel like the expectation is still on the women to still be the primary child caregiver and the primary person for taking care of the kids. But also we have to have a full-time job because the cost of living in this area is so expensive and there's no way. I mean, people struggle on one income. Like I, I couldn't imagine like if we just had one income, I wouldn't even know what we would do. No, it's very stressful. I would say, and it's just, I think everything comes down to the idea of going back to our original topic about abortion. So the main thing that I think seems to be a misconception about abortion is that it's easy, that it's Mm. a quick fix. It's an easy way out. 
Right, right. And it was a, you know, a simple moment of pleasure. And now the woman has to deal with the consequences of Mm -hmm. that choice. And because they had that moment that always feels so disconnected to the reality of, okay, you did this and now there's a child. Um, You know, the, the woman is saddled with this huge decision. And I always found it really interesting when you look at the statistics of who's actually having the abortions, majority of the people that are having it are women who already have other children. They've got mm. two, three children and they're like, I cannot afford, you know, financially be able to afford them or the time to be able to take care of them. And they're making a decision that's best for their family, mm-hmm. you know? So I, again, it, it's just but to take that point though. I mm. mean, you should practice safe sex. You know, you should be on birth control or practice abstinence or speak with your partner about having a vasectomy. You know, it's like, and I I understand the statistic, but it's like, but also be a grown ass adult, you know? And if that, you know, if that is that, that's kind of shocking that, and I get it, like families and whatnot are expensive to take care of, but it's like, you choose to lay with a partner. You should choose to understand what the consequences are of you having sex. No, that makes sense. I could see that. I mean, we shall be, you know, responsible humans. Right. And then to me, it seems like, but it's a responsible choice to take a pill to not have a pregnancy that you no longer want. I mean, you mm-hmm. got pregnant and at the end of the day, if you can take, you know, mythocycline, whatever, it's all on the news, being able to take a pill that if something happened, it's not a very severe or expensive, you know, reaction to, you know, something happened. Ho- hopefully it's just because you didn't take your birth control properly, or if there was a something that happened, I don't know, or even mm-hmm. again, in a chance of a case of someone was raped or if there was a, something like that, you know, there's, well, no, there's absolutely. So I think if there is a, you know, a rape situation, a medical condition, a reason to why you can't physically carry the child, you mentioned before people have miscarriages, you know, that the baby has passed inside of them. And yet they're still expected to carry this child you know, to then have to deliver a dead baby. I mean, that that's very extreme, but that happens now because of people not being able to go get abortions, you know, and I, that to me is shocking and terrifying. I don't agree with using it as a birth control method. You know, no. I, I think if you are responsible enough to understand of having a family and having a child, you should be responsible enough to understand that you need birth control. Yeah, I agree. I, I guess it's like I would think about, you know, when you were a, a irresponsible young kid, you're 17, 16, 17, kids are having sex as young as 12 and 13 these days, yeah. unfortunately. They don't really seem to understand the causal action of, okay, so if I have sex, this is re- going to result in a baby. Yeah. You know, so I feel like a lot of that, it, and, it, and again, it, it's just, you know, it, it always comes down to the, the reality of, okay, so a girl has sex and she ends up with the baby and a guy has sex and then there's nothing else to it. You know, like, again, I always like the yeah, old joke, the woman saddled you know. with the responsibility and the, yeah. the, you know, the, the woman's family is also saddled with that responsibility and it's a lot to take on. And yeah, it's, and, and I think it's changed. And I also think like, I mean, making the decision to have an abortion, I, I feel like for most people, it's not a light decision. It's, it's a very, like, you're looking, you're questioning your values, your morals, what, what is your, and maybe you connect it with spirituality or religion, you know? And then I I do feel like it is a very deep decision that you make. I don't think people, I I would hope that people wouldn't take it lightly, you know? I mean, it's for me, yeah. Majority of the people, there's always these videos or these ideas that women are having abortions at like eight months pregnant 
or something like that. And that's just an absurd idea. The idea that exactly. you're removing an entire baby from a woman. And that isn't a, that, that just seems, it's just supposed to be inflammatory and hyperbolic for a reason. You're just trying to outrage people. But in general, mm. if someone is going to have an abortion, they're 10 weeks, they, there's nothing really there. Plus it's so new to them. You know, you don't even really find out you're pregnant until you're what, six, six weeks along. And if a woman has to have a late-term abortion, that woman already has a nursery picked out and a baby's name, oh. and it already has everything that's needed. And it's generally because of a complication or right. a birth defect in the baby. And again, like right. you said, that decision could not be lightly taken. No, that's and they would very, that for the rest of their lives. It's very traumatic. Yeah. It's a very traumatic decision. And it's also very traumatic on a woman's body. I mean, I, even though there are a lot of babies being born, it's still a miracle. Like there are mortality rates for women dying while giving childbirth. Mm -hmm. There are, you know, statistics for babies dying during childbirth. And it is a, it's an alarming thing when you're like, oh, but we live in the United States and we have the best medical care. And it's like, no, but a lot of people still have complications and you, people could die. Like, I remember, I don't know about you, but I remember when I had my I was like, I'm going to die. Like I remember with my first child, I was so nervous just to have a baby. Like I was like, I'm going to die. I wrote, I I wrote a living will when I was pregnant with my second daughter that I have a living will that was written because I was nervous. I would die when I, yeah, it's such a scary concept. And I know another thing you want to talk about was like on the flip side of it, you know, like, uh, maternity, like after you have the baby and what kind Mm -hmm. of rights as women do we have? And it's like, we don't really have good maternity leave. No, especially I mean, in the United barely States. Healed, you're barely yeah. he- very healed. That well, bare, barely healed from the, what you've, especially if you had a vaginal birth or yeah. I mean, a C-section. Obviously, both of those things, and you're still figuring out how to breastfeed, and you're not yeah. sleeping at all. And you know, I just can't imagine how how it would be to have it where like in Canada, I believe it's a like, have six months of. I could be completely wrong, but if I remember correctly, it's like six months of um leave afterward and that's for the mother and the father of the child because both of you are there to bond and be responsible for this little human and then it's you know the reality of let's say you're breastfeeding I remember when I went back to to work and I was trying to breastfeed and it was so like oh she has to be you know she has to excuse herself for 20 minutes and I was shoved in a little closet where everyone could hear what I was doing and it was embarrassing and uncomfortable and yet we're telling all these women to take care of their children through breastfeeding and, and we shame them for not yeah. using formula, right? you know, and I will, I, I mean, I remember the, my son, he's 14 years old. And when I had him, I was allowed four weeks maternity leave and I had two weeks of vacation. So I had to go back within six weeks. Otherwise I was going to be, be terminated from my position and, you know, six weeks to recover from having a child bonding with my child, making I breastfed, making sure he was able to eat you know, getting in a new routine and then going back in six weeks, he was so tiny and so little. It was for me, it was, it felt shocking. Like it it was scary to me. And then I remember pumping. I would get knocked all the time. Are you pumping? Are you pumping? Are you pumping? And you have to be relaxed to pump. Like, I know. Make the milk, you know, come, you got to be relaxed. You can't chill when people are like, are you done yet? Yeah. And it's like, and I, even now, like there is shame in like, you know, for people who want to take, it is a federal right to be able to take time to be able to pump, you know? And then it's like, what do you mean? You got to take time to pump, you know? And it's like, you, you get, I don't know. I mean, this is a, an experience that I've seen, like people 
get angry about the fact that you're allowed to go and pump. And it's like, you need to provide for your child and you have space to be able to do it. Right. Yeah. Or even like the other, I know for me, the, the biggest, um, shock professionally for me was, you know, I was working in, uh, two actually with my first daughter and my second daughter, I was, you know, in a full-time, obviously full-time job, really liking what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, it ended up being to a point where I went down to be part-time because of the cost of childcare and all of that. Well, that's really and, good, yeah. and it had to be the decision on, okay, well, I can't afford childcare. It's mm-hmm. actually cheaper for me to stay home with my child, give up my career so that I can, you know, make more, you know what I mean? Like there's so much taken away from childcare that I wasn't able to make the decision to stay at my career yeah. because of how much everything cost. I, you know, it's just, it's just really sad, but I know we're getting really far away from the. So the, the one thing I do point. want to, and maybe this is what we close up with is that yeah. you have two young daughters and we have seen recently, you know, the, the abortion pill fight Roe versus Wade being overturned people, not being able to access, you know, being able to have a safe abortion. Who knows? We also have a, a gender gap in, in equity in regards to pay. That that's just a fact. It's even larger for people of minority cultures, you know, and it's like, I feel like we, before us, we won the right to vote and you would think that we'd be coming more and more, you know, on an equal playing field. And it doesn't, it feels like we're no longer, we're, we're, for me, I don't see light at the end of the tunnel. And I don't know about for you having two young daughters, how is it you're feeling with the future with women's rights kind of playing out? I don't know. It's a scary word world. I, I remember again, learning it. It was only till only until the 1970s that women were allowed to have their own bank account. And yeah. It's like, you can't even, you can even get a credit card. Like it's right. just, before it's, then you had to like have your, have your dad's permission, permission, right? Your father or your spouse, you know, and it, that's a crazy thing. And then we did write when the right to abortion and then it went up from there. And now I just feel like it's a steady decline. And, mm. and if you have a, a contrary opinion, then there's something wrong with you and you should be fine with whatever's happening. I just, it's kind of scary that we still see women as lesser than men in this culture. And we yeah. let the men decide more decisions for the women than men. And I yeah, don't like, know. Why should men be deciding what is going on with a woman's body? You have right. never carried a child. You do not know what it's like to be pregnant nor to go through childbirth. No. Why are you making have the child? And then what is the care? Like if you're going to mandate people have the child, then after the child is born, then the care should be there. So help me be able to stay home to take care of my kid for a reasonable amount of time. Right. Then help me afford child care and then yeah. help me afford medical care so that I'm not saddled with all the debt from having the baby and now caring for the baby and all the medical debt from like getting your shots and doing all the stuff you have to do yeah. and having, if I can't, if I don't have time to breastfeed, I got to be able to afford formula. Like Again, it's a big cyclical problem. And again, it has to be more than just you are mandated to have this child for whatever yeah, your personal I mean, beliefs are. You brought up a lot of good points. It's like, yeah, I'm going to force you to remain pregnant. I'm going to then, how, how do you, okay, then then provide me with free health care. Provide me with free child care. Provide me with free education. Provide me with parenting classes. Provide me with counseling because I was raped. You know, provide me with, you know, resources and support. No, good luck to you. Just have this child because we don't care. We just need more kids. We just, 
Right. I mean, don't worry about all the kids in the foster care system. I mean, they're fine. Don't adopt any of the ones that are already here. Let's just have a bunch more kids and see how that all works out for us. But it's okay. I can go get an assault rifle. Come on. Just take them all out. You know, like it'll all even out in the end. You know, it's just, it's a scary world. There's a right to a gun, but not a right to my Yeah, gun. that's the thing. Like I can go out and get an automatic rifle, but I can't go get an abortion. Right. Like that to me is terrifying. And we, this right now... United States of America, you know, I hope that politicians really start getting on board with really solid core values that move us forward. And it's not big pharma. It's not, you know, the big, massive corporations that are just profiting from either fear or from just from fear. And really right. like, I mean, I'm sorry. And I know this is off topic and we're going to wrap this up in a second. Just locally, we had, and we've seen this where, you know, people have gone down to the wrong house and been shot and killed. The recent girl, 20 years old, is in my county, lives in my county. And it's like, oh my God, like you mean to tell me if I make a wrong turn somewhere, I might be shot and killed? That to me is terrifying. Like, whatever happened to love thy neighbor? Yeah. What world do we live in now? You know, and it's a paranoid old white male. Yeah. You know, sorry, that's off topic. But for, no, it's, that's just, it's, it's just scary. And it just it seems like a broader thing about us wanting to, to allow everyone to control each other's things, to be everyone, to be scared, everyone to be so yeah. full of hate. And there's just, a, I don't understand. Well, it's like the stockpiling of the guns is. during COVID. Right. I mean, even our parents were like, we need more ammunition. And it's like, what? You don't even shoot a fucking gun. Like, you don't hunt. Are you <laughs> no. a hunter and a gatherer? Like, no. what are you doing? Yeah. Like we don't have a militia. Like, what are we doing here, guys? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's it is very scary. And it's it's sad to think that I feel it feels right now that we're getting attacked from all sides, all sides right now. You're banning books, you're having yeah. you can have a gun, you know, yeah. you can't take care of your body, but you can have a gun. <laughs> well, no, you and know? it's even like I'm like I would be terrified to be a black American right now. Yeah. Like, am I going to get pulled over by the police? Am I going to be discriminated? And am I going to be, and we cannot, I can't speak to that kind of feeling. And I would imagine that it's, it's very traumatizing. And I would be, I would be afraid to be a mother of a child growing up. And like, and, and I, I, I don't even have the words time they're out of your sight. Are they going to ever come back? Right. That's terrifying. Well, well, that was a really, uh, inspiring, uh, Listen, I think I think the biggest message that we want to take from this is that we need to start utilizing our voices. We need to reach out to politicians that are in charge and really start speaking our voices and stating our cases, you know, instead of just letting people like we're being sometimes I feel like we're being blindly led. You know, we have to be able to say, no, this is what's right. This is what we need as a country. And then the other thing is, is that maybe we stop donating to all these politicians and we just send them thoughts and prayers. Brilliant. There you go. There you know you what go. I mean? Like, here's my Even thoughts and prayers. All these children that are going to be yeah. born. All here's my thoughts and care. prayers. Yeah. And good luck, good luck to luck us. To <laughs> <laughs> Great mind. I'm going to get a checkbook and I'm yeah. just going to put thoughts and prayers. And there okay. you go. Mail it off. Okay. I'm not trying to be a smart ass, but really like, I'm so tired of seeing thoughts and prayers when right now we've had more mass shootings than we've had days of the year. 
That's pathetic and it's disgusting. And that other countries have been able to lock this down and not have have their citizens have to go through this. Why can't we do the same? No, I was at a birthday party yesterday and every time someone would pop a balloon, everyone's face was was just completely panic and it was just a birthday party balloon. Well, how many times now do you go into the movie theater and you look around? Yeah, you look for the or into a into a restaurant or into your place of work. Right. You don't even have you can't even like go to a a festival or a parade or, you know, I was excited for all these summer festivals. But well, I really want what's going to happen. I mean, Jessica lives in Buffalo. There was a mass shooting in Buffalo recently. So we just had somebody take a person hostage at a hospital here in Albany. So on that note, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, everyone, and have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you found the episode to be enlightening and insightful. Our goal is to create content that not only entertains, but also helps you grow spiritually and connect with your inner self. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, we would greatly appreciate if you could take a moment to like, subscribe, and write a review. Your feedback is incredibly valuable to us and helps us to improve the quality of our content and to reach a wider audience. We believe that by sharing knowledge and insights about spirituality, we can help inspire positive change and personal growth. So if you found our podcast to be meaningful and informative, we encourage you to share it with your friends and family. Thank you once again for your support and for joining us on this journey of self-discovery and spiritual growth. We look forward to sharing more episodes with you in the future.